Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Oh, it's like unwrapping a <laughs> Christmas present. You just get so excited and then you open it and go, oh. It's oh, so you're my present, Kevin. Freshly shaved and looking a million dollars you are. That's what this program is like. It's like the <laughs> Christmas present that you have to feign the excitement of actually getting to the bit of a... Kevin rocks a uh, silvery goatee beard. Have, bit have of a silver the, fox you are. I've had the trim. Uh, feeling a bit, uh, bit okay. Need the hair done next. Welcome to Food Bites. A lovely head of hair you've got, Kevin. You're the envy of many men. With that lustrous hair. Including my son. Um, (laughs) um, Welcome to Food Bites. Thanks to our very good friends at Cheese Links. Uh, And, uh, of course, you can contact Janet and the team at Cheese Links because cheese is just one of the great things of the universe. Cheese is life. Cheeselinks.com.au. That's the uh, that's the website. Go there. All that you need to know is right yep. there in front of you to make your own cheese. You reckon it's good now when you just eat it. Wait till you make it. You can it. make it in your own kitchen. You can make yogurt in your own kitchen. Janet will get you sorted out. Yeah, Sarah was trying a uh, scientific experiment in the uh, in the big bowl. We have the lemons mm. in. Oh, recent times. <laughs> dob me in. Why don't you? <laughs> Louis, I was I was Louis producing Pasteur. penicillin, wasn't yes, I? <laughs> he would have been proud of the experiment that was going on there. I don't think you'll see, and it would have worked well with the blue cheese. Oh. I'm telling you, it was blue, all right. Yeah, there was hit. method in my yeah. madness. So cheeselinks.com.au or give Janet a call on five two eight two one nine eight four. Our food poll is a beauty uh, with the summary weather that we've been experiencing all over hmm. Australia. Uh, it's a potato salad or coleslaw. Yeah, nice salady, cool theme. And our guest this week is a lady who we both worked with and worked in the same building with over a number of years uh, and who's very well known to everyone from her radio, from her stand-up comedy, from her singing, Mm. uh, from her website, uh, Tracy Bartram. She's a multi-talented lady. She's a true professional and uh, tells it like it is. I love Tracy's honesty and I love her passion and uh, she's such a a great friendly. (laughs) I'm just so pleased to to reconnect and and see what Tracy's been up to. There's no uh, disputing it's a shovel and she'll tell you it's a shovel. (laughs) Don't worry about that and you'll find that out as uh, we uh, chat Well, there should be more of that, I reckon. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So let's get straight to it. Let's cut through the shovels and get straight to Tracy Bartram. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Trace, it is so lovely to see you. Look, it's been a hell of a uh, last couple of years. Firstly, how have you uh, been both personally and uh, and in your business life? Oh, Sarah, thank you for asking. Gorgeous to see you and Kevin as well. And um, I was I was actually talking to a friend last night who's um, he's in the performing arts um, industry as I am, but he's a, a technician. And he was we were we were comparing notes on how how things have been for our industry. And when I say ours, I'm I'm talking collectively, all of us here. And it's just been atrocious. It's been been the hardest two years of anyone's life in in our industry. And, you know, when I started performing 32 years ago, it never – none of us would have thought of this. I mean, none of us ever thought there'd be a plague Um, (laughs) because that's the – that's the real word for it. It's a plague. But no, at no point did I ever think that I would not be able to do what I love. 
I would not be able, I wouldn't be physically able or I would be told, you can't do that. You're not allowed to go and do the work that you do that sustains you for 32 years. So no events, no facilitation, no, no performance at all. And it's just been really odd because it feels like we've all been in this waiting through quicksand and waiting to come out of this bad dream. It just never it just never ends, does it? But yeah. I like to I like to look on the focus and focus on the positive and I had a mammogram the other day, which is not a positive thing, but it was a positive experience. But I was saying to my friend, you go to a hospital now, you've got to sign in, you've got yeah. to clean beforehand any rat bag could walk into a into <laughs> hospital. <laughs> so everything's cleaner. It's just, you know, we could die. So um mm. but, you know Apart from that, look, I'm <laughs> I'm happy and I'm healthy and um, you know I'm, I'm growing my veggies and I'm mad about compost and so happy to be talking to real life humans. <laughs> so, did the impact of the uh, the pandemic, Trace, did it have the uh, the same effect on you as it has many others? I mean, I I know that you are a, a foodie to begin with, but did you find yourself spending more time in the kitchen than usual? No, because I, I live on a keto regime. So I yeah. I developed a horrible, boring thing called insulin resistance. It's so boring. No one wants to talk about it. But I just, you know, if I go out, I just say to people I'm diabetic and it's easier because yeah. I, it's easier to tell chefs. If, if I tell them I'm diabetic, I, I just say, look, I want meat and I want green things and I want this oil, not that oil, and, um, you know, don't put anything else on it. And I can have lovely meals, but if I go, I'm insulin resistant, they just go, wanker. Because no <laughs> so I just, I, you know, I, I make too much insulin. So um, I have to stop um, making too much insulin. So that means I do intermittent fasting. So I only have one or two meals, two meals maximum. Most days I have one meal. And so that's the thing. I think it's the cruelest um, the cruelest condition to have. I mean, seriously, Sarah, I've, I'm alcoholic. I haven't had a drink for 19 years. I put down the cannabis, I put down the cigarettes, and now I had to put down sugar and carbs. Oh. Like, come on, if there's a God. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, because I, food is my first drug. I love Absolutely love food. Absolutely. So I cook everything from scratch anyway. So it didn't make any difference to me. But um, I, I've got to say, you know, the first time I could get out and go down and have a steak with a mate at a pub, oh. Oh, that was just the best. I can't cook steak the way they do at pubs. No, nah, no can't. one can. No, that's true. <laughs> well, so I'm so what, what sort of a cook are you these days, given all oh, those amazing. parameters? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just cooking for me, which is a very large shout-out that I'm very, very single and don't like being single. So <laughs> we've got any mates um, who are six foot three single and straight with no active addictions and a good sense of humour, I'd like to talk to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I make stuff and I make enough food for, you know, each meal is made, you know, every recipe is for four people. So I make something and it lasts me for, you know, three or four meals. So, um, yeah, I do. I just, I tend to cook, you know, once every couple of days. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like I've become already in this interview. I, I can see your eyes glazing over going, oh, crush, she is so dull. <laughs> Not at all. The exact opposite. In fact, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the ketogenic way of um, eating. So in your case, Tracy, that was born of a uh, necessity, not just because, oh, yeah, I want to do the, the high protein, low carbs um, thing. It takes a lot of discipline, that way oh, of eating. It really does. And I've just done... 
um, a so-called reset um, through some local group where I thought, yeah, I'll pay my 50 bucks and buy your cookbook and, and did and just, you know, reset. And I, and I took dairy out because, I mean, seriously, me and cheese, I could marry cheese. Oh, couldn't we all? Yeah. Oh, my God. And my bestie, Sonia, who will probably be listening, she's Norwegian. And I'm going to tell you about this. It's called Norwegian brown cheese. And it comes in this little red square box and it looks like it should be in ikea and it may be mm. and it's called ski queen and you and she gave me this she said how did you have the last one i gave you and i said i just cut it with a knife she said that's never going to do and we went to the swedish church and she bought me a swedish cheese slicer she said every house in norway has one and um and you slice it really thinly and it tastes like it's going to sound disgusting but it's not it tastes like cheese and I hate Vegemite, but it tastes like it's got Vegemite and caramel in it. And it's just, oh. I can't even tell you how amazing it is. It's just, it was, she, that was one of my presents from her for Christmas. And um, I couldn't eat it in January because I was doing this reset. But come February 1st, it's all in my belly. It's gone. It's gone. Oh. I, just, <laughs> I love this. Tra- a, a Swedish cheese slicer. That's the gadget mm. everyone should have in their kitchen. Yeah, well, it's really, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's, I mean I've mean, i seen a cheese slicer before, but it's got a beautiful timber handle mm. in it. Yeah, it's just lovely. So, yeah, I've taken, I've taken for the most part, apart from Norwegian brown cheese, um, I've taken dairy out because, look, scientifically, Sarah, you probably know this, we're the only mammals that never wean our children. We're not supposed to drink milk past past breastfeeding days. I mean, my son was breastfed till he was three and a half, and I actually received an award at my first radio station, and it said to Tracy Bartram, "Be he'll be breastfed till he grows stubble awards big," because, <laughs> because everyone thought it was so weird for breastfeeding for so long. But you know, Max is twenty seven now, and he's never been sick a day in his life. So you know, I'm a big breastfeeding advocate. But you know, a cow's milk builds a bull in twelve months. We don't. Mm. We're not supposed to drink milk and cheese is different because it's cultured but um you know come on if it was if, if you ask me what's what's the one thing i mean i mean, I just i can't stop eating it i love cheese i'm just gonna wean myself off and just have it on special occasions you know maybe yeah. sundays so i'll get some religion <laughs> cheese next <laughs> and so there's so many um i think we've come such a long way trace with uh with alternatives to to milk we've got you know nut milk soy milk rice milk there's just so many alternatives and we're getting so good at it now for people who especially for people who have intolerances yeah yeah and i discovered um coconut yogurt and i thought oh this is going to taste so bad there's this fantastic brand called gaga's they're made in melbourne somewhere and it's of course i'm going to love it because i love lady gaga so i'm never going to forget the brand but then i found um no offense to gaga but at costco because sonia my bestie also gave me a costco membership she's the best friend in the world (laughs) (laughs) so i got that for christmas and um and i found um an organic coconut milk yogurt at costco and it's it's beautiful absolutely gorgeous so yeah i um I, I, I was having sheep's milk yogurt before that, but I'm really happy having the coconut milk because dairy just makes me like it. I turn into a snot factory. Yes. It's nice thing to you know, our bodies just go mucus. So, yeah, it's not attractive. It's yeah, about that, Kevin, or, you know, yeah, it's snotty not a, mucus. A, a, yeah. a stay away from uh, from dairy when you've got to do voiceovers and stuff because it does, it clogs, it, it clogs you up a lot. Um, uh, you're obviously not a coffee drinker. The, now, the radio, the, the early morning radio days, everyone drinks coffee. Are you, are you a coffee drinker still or not? Oh, look, I, I, I am a coffee drinker. Look, in, in my radio days, I was one of the weirdos. <laughs> And you, I knew your breath going. She's telling us now. Um, 
I used to take in this special tea. It's called Buddha's Tears. And I wish I had show and tell, but we're not. this is not being recorded for, for public use. But they're little green balls and it's the end of the tea of the tea plant. And um, when we finish this interview, I'll send you a link to where I get it because it's stupid money and I found somewhere that does it reasonably. And I throw those. It's four little balls. In fact, if I can show you, I can't show you. They sunk to the bottom. It's not <laughs> those giant open up like a big flower and you can only mm -hmm. use them once these are little tiny balls and i would take those in and i would drink that all morning so every half hour i'd go down to the kitchen put more hot water on bring it back and i would get you know six or eight cups out of this and then i'd throw them away and start again so because i'm i'm a big believer in green tea um and coffee i do drink coffee kev but it's more of a I don't know. look i used to be i was i was normally three or four lattes a day girl because <laughs> dairy addiction yeah. um mm -hmm. and that is a pig or as fat as a cow and um so now i have um i make coffee at home if i'm out i'll ask for a decaf long black See, i can't have caffeine it gives me a headache boring woman i'm such a boring <laughs> um but i um yeah, but what i a friend of mine taught me in fact margaret Roadnight, who who had a big hit in the oh yeah she's a great singer he taught me this, that you grind your, your coffee beans up with a few um, cardamom pods and and then I make my coffee with that and the cardamom flavour goes through and it's Yum. just oh, it's so Yum, gorgeous. fragrant. Mm. It's really lovely. And, and sometimes I'll put a, a, a dash of um, coconut milk in with it, but most of the time I have it black because I really like the taste. So I buy, I want to give a plug to Yarra Coffee in Lilydale because they're a family-owned company and they've been going for, I don't know, 25 or 30 years. And they deliver coffee all over Melbourne and they're so reasonable. And I get a decaf organic blend from then, uh, get the beans and I, I, I grow them up at home. So I, I just, I've got to a point in my life where if whatever I'm going to have, um, even though I have, I've hardly had any work for two years, I still focus on can I give myself the very best that I can with what I've got and, um, you know, you know that if you make it at home, it's always going to save you a lot of money anyway. And also yeah. when you make it at home, you know what you're getting. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no rubbish. Yeah. So mm. boring I as hell. So Not at <laughs> I am glad that we we touched there on um, on breakfast radio, Tracy. Um, you had a massively successful run there. Um, part of the uh, the Fox um, breakfast crew. I mean, Kevin and I, to a lesser extent, we're, we've all worked in breakfast radio, and we know the toll it can take on your um, body. How how did you find those days? Were you okay at uh, at getting up early and and with the toll it took on your um your body? No, not at all. And and see, at, at the time I was living in active addiction, so I was not only drinking far too much alcohol, I was smoking a lot of cannabis and I used the cannabis to go to sleep. And and it wasn't until I stopped doing all of that that I got an ADHD diagnosis. Surprise! I mean, it's like, <laughs> but I, I couldn't go to sleep. I mean, I was just lying there all night just, you know, worrying. I mean, I live with anxiety and depression as well because, you know, I don't have to do anything by halves. But I just could not sleep without taking some sort of self-medication, which is I wouldn't recommend for anyone. But I've, I've been clean and sober now for 11 years. I haven't had a drink for 19. But it took an enormous toll on me. And I I had terrible adrenal burnout and, and you know, real stress. I mean, it's just not a healthy thing to, to be doing, to getting up at getting up at that time of the day and and having to be on at six o'clock and just boom i mean it, i people would say to me you know how do you do it like i drugs but it wasn't it, was, it wasn't drugs at all <laughs> it was just if you're a born performer you'll do it and and i i often felt that i 
I, I really had found what I was meant to do in this world doing breakfast radio because it was just I just love people and I love the joy of talking to people and I find it really easy to laugh and I find the silly things in everything but you're right Sarah it was such a such a stress I mean so much so much stress and it wasn't just about the studio stuff but you know quite often I'd had to be leaving the studio and going to Channel 10 to record something with Bert may he rest in peace on Good Morning Australia or I'd have to you know go somewhere else to record an interview with you know the whoever was in the studio with me would have to go and talk to some celebrity and um, there was just you know people go it must be great having your day off I worked full time yeah. I mean, I finished on air at nine. I was there till 11. We had pre-records and then at three o'clock I pick up my son and, you know, I was watching the news and whatever crappy other stuff I had to watch until I went to bed and was writing material. It was just, you know, it's a brutal industry. And, and, um, and you know what, if I have a resentment, oh, I have a resentment now that we never got um, school holidays to fit in with, with, um, with ratings periods, but now they do yeah. over Christmas. They have these really long breaks and I'm like, we had to be back on air on the 4th of January or something stupid when everyone was away. So, yeah, I have to work on that resentment in a 12-step program. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly the answer to the next question is no. Do you miss Breakfast Radio? No, not at all. But do you no, – no, no, well, do. yeah, you miss the, miss the thing that it was, not the, not the hours and the punishment yeah. that it does to your body. Yeah, of course I miss it. I mean, it was interesting. It's funny you should mention that. Last night, because I was, you know, anyone who's ever done the job we do, I was prepping for this interview because I'm thinking, you know, what did I used to eat? And then I thought, I was thinking about biscuits because, I mean, we'll get to that obviously, but I put up on my Facebook page, <laughs> what were the name of those biscuits that had dates in them and it looked like a pillow? And all these people put up, you know, spicy date, whatever. Yeah. Spicy yes, yes. yes. And then Johnson, Jono, who used to be my program director at, at Mix FM, which is now Kiss FM, he said, oh, what about, and it's honey joys. And I said, look at us, we've started our own phone topic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and they're always the ones that work the best, you know, your favourite biscuit. And and all of these friends of mine were just saying, what about this? And then someone else mentioned Garibaldi's, which we called squash flies. Yeah. Biscuits, you know, and it's, it's, it's I do, I, of course I miss radio. I, I really do. It was, it was the greatest love of my performing life. And, um, yeah, I I really do miss it. I I um I haven't found anything else that um blows my hair back the way live radio does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we you just touched on biscuits. Now I've got biscuits on the brain, and I've just pictured those ones you were talking about, the fruity uh, pillows. We did a poll not long ago about the uh, the Arnott's um family assorted pack and how many people um bypass the orange slice biscuits. Oh, no one likes those. Horrible, <laughs> disgusting, and even I mean. You know, because the Scotch finger was a goodie because mm. you could snap the snapability. Yep, that's right. And the Monte Carlos were good, but they always broke off when you dunk them because I'm a, I come from a family of um, depressive alcoholic Londoners, and so everything's dunked. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> and um, so yeah, I I was never really a fan of the Arnott's family assorted. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd eat them because I'd eat anything, mm. but it just I'd rather have a packet of butternut snaps. Oh yeah. You know, that they're not going to dunk off and they're just, oh, my God, all the, the teddy bear, the, the chocolate teddy bear, um, where you do the, ch the chocolate teddy bear, the Tim Tam Slam, but you do it with a teddy yeah, bear. You suck it. Yep. Yeah, I did this show once with, um, with Simon Thorpe, who was in Acropolis now and who passed away a couple of years ago, very, very young, and Ross Daniels, who was just one of the funniest people on the planet. And we wrote this show called Lipstick on the Waddle 
and it was for the Melbourne Fringe, and we did it at this fantastic venue in Brunswick Street, the Troubadour in Brunswick Street, um, Fitzroy. And, you know, this would never happen now. Because of marketing and, and you know, social media stuff, we did this skit where we, we, we sort of all turned up and we were wearing leather jackets and one of us has gone, have you got the stuff, man? Have you got the stuff, man? And one of us pulls out a packet of chocolate teddy bear biscuits. Uh-huh. And we all sit there and we unwrap them and, we, and we, we've got this thermos and we've got a cup of tea and we all do a, we all snort the tea through the chocolate teddy bear biscuits. So it occurred to us, wouldn't it be great if we could get enough biscuits for the audience so they could all do it? So I just I just rang Arnott's and spoke to the marketing guy. No, e- email wasn't invented. No, we had no way of communicating with anybody apart from writing a hard copy letter or a telephone call. And they delivered something like 20 cartons <laughs> of chocolate teddy bear biscuits to Mount <laughs> in St Kilda. And so every night at the end of the, the gig, we would say, you know, stick around for coffee and anyone who buys a coffee, they get chocolate teddy bear biscuits. I mean, seriously. It's oh, brilliant. It was 30 years ago. Yeah. I know it's incredible to think about, isn't it? And, and good on Arnott's for doing that. They were supporting the arts, you know. So you have a sweet tooth, you have a sweet tooth, don't you? But you obviously don't don't indulge it that much these days. Oh no, I don't. I mean, look, I I really was. I was going to call my book "Addicted to Everything" because I am, but I thought, who's going to read that? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but I am. You know, I mean, if I have an alcoholic drink, I want you know, I want a couple of slabs. Not that I ever drank beer. If I want a biscuit, I'll eat the whole packet. Mm. You know, that whole j- joke of you know, we put the leftover wine in the fridge. What do you mean leftover wine? What is yeah. If I get chocolate, I'll eat the whole block. I just, I can, I seriously, I can eat a family family block of something. I mean, mm. addictive behaviour. Sorry if you look in, in the dictionary under addict, Tracy Bartram. <laughs> but I'm in recovery from all of it. You know, I, I live on twelve step programs, so I just know that um, for me. Um, and I look, you know, I don't want to get into the boring science of family family systems, but you know, if you come from trauma and dysfunction most kids will soothe themselves with something and most of us find sugar and food, you know, you know, we used to, in our generation, we, we'd come home from school and we'd be told to fill up on bread and butter with sugar on top, you know, that's, yeah, or bread and butter and tomato sauce. It yep. was just fill up on bread until dinner. And, you know, when you're a teenager, you could eat a have loaf of bread on your own. Yep. So, um, yeah, sugar is, I still, I can have chocolate, but I'll have lint 90% dark and I'll have two squares and it's never, ever going to replace a picnic bar. It never, ever will, but it's better than not having it, Yeah, you know. And I'll make my own chocolate too if I feel like it. So I've got this um, beautiful recipe with um, coconut oil and cacao oh, yeah. and I put stevia in it and then I'll put almonds and walnuts and stuff. So, you know, but then I'll eat the whole lot, half an hour. So what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've made it from scratch, so that's got to count for something. Hey, Trace, if you're going to um, if you're going to have a dinner party and you can invite yes. anyone you liked, who'd be on your, uh, on your guest list? Oh, look, this list was hard to come up with because, I mean, I just love everybody. Mm. I think number one would be Ryan Reynolds because he is one of the funniest people on the planet. I mean, I don't know whether you've ever seen him – um, you know, just on a talk show, and this, I'm paraphrasing here, but the, because the first time I ever saw him in anything was Deadpool 2. My son and I went to see it. I hadn't seen Deadpool 1, and I remember saying, you know, do I, this looks scary, you know, is it violent? And he goes, yeah, but it's funny, Mum. I think we went to see it for Mother's Day a couple of years ago. And um, I came home, 
and I, I don't use Twitter. I don't like Twitter, but I found Ryan Reynolds on Twitter and I just said, I've just seen this movie with my son and I, it's just hilarious and I just wanted to say I'm not your target market, but I really loved it. And I sent off the tweet and then seconds later, in my mind, it's Ryan on the end of there, but it's obviously a bot. Someone, you know, Ryan Reynolds is following you. Forgot to take a screenshot and get back to <laughs> But he is so funny. And I, there's one of my favourite things is him on some talk show and he's talking about having, you know, they've had their first child because he's married to Blake Lively and that's her real name and how dare she. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with either of them, right? Yep. And she's had four kids and she still like looks like a matchstick with the wood scraped off. Mm. But he... It's outrageous, I know. <laughs> I know, how dare they? But whoever the talk show host was says, um, says something like, you know, so you've had a baby and he goes, yeah, you know, I, I never knew what love was until that baby came along and, you know, before that I just, I, I knew that whatever happened, if whatever happened, if anything wanted, if anything came to hurt that baby, I would not hesitate to use my wife as a human shield. <laughs> it would have to be him because, and also because he's really good mates with Hugh Jackman. And I met Hugh Jackman before he was Hugh Jackman, when he was just starting out and he came along to one of our outside broadcasts and he didn't have any peeps with him. He was doing Sunset Boulevard. So I figure somehow I can get to Ryan Reynolds through Hugh Jackman. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Very yeah, clever. That's my, my, you know, two degrees of separation. Um, I would have to have Dawn French because Dawn French. Oh, yeah. Um, and also because she she loves food as much as I do. And I used to love that ad that she did. It's Ter Terry's Chocolate Orange. Yeah, it's not Terry's. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I just love everything about her. And I love the fact that. Her father told her when she was really young that you're really beautiful and you can do whatever you want. She said, no one ever talked to me about my weight. And I just thought, what a great dad yeah. because, you know, I was like size 10 and my dad would tell me I had an axe and ask like an axe handle, three three axe handles yeah, across. You know, like, yeah. yeah, so I just think it's really important to tell children that they're great and not focus on their defects. And who else would I have? Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. Because he was one of the reasons I got into stand-up in the first place. And I just – and also, he, he look, he was also alcoholic and, um, and you know, living with, living with addiction and, um, you know, a very broken man but so screamingly funny. I mean, one of my favourite things ever is when he and Billy Crystal are, are on Friends and they come in and they're sitting on the couch and they're doing this – this complete improvised scene and they're all just sitting, everyone forgot their lines because it was so funny. I mean, they're just, he was just so funny and so real, you know. Can you imagine having dinner with Robert oh. Williams? Just, oh. Be a privilege, yeah. yeah. Well, wasn't it such a loss when he died? I mean, yep. I think it, it hit everyone hard. They just went, no, seriously? You know, he had some awful, awful brain problem mm. and, um, and you know, like a lot of celebrity couples, he and his wife had, separate bedrooms and she went to work and he took his own life in the bedroom while she was gone. didn't even know, mm. you know, like I never want to be that rich that someone doesn't know I've killed yeah. myself. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. I'm sorry. It's been wonderful. No, well, Robert, Robert Williams is one of those people who makes you incredibly happy when you think about his work and incredibly sad when you think about his life. He, he's That's right. Yeah. That's right. And he had, you know, and seriously, like, it's just one of those awful things where he was he went through a couple of really ugly divorces because not like there's a pretty one. You know, when people <laughs> have a really acrimonious divorce and I go, I don't know anyone apart from bloody Gwyneth Paltrow. I'm <laughs> from Chris Martin. Like, I, 
hated her for that. And yeah. I hate Gwyneth. I hate everything about it. I don't I don't know Gwyneth, but I just think, you know, just everything about her has to be so perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to think that sometimes she wakes up with hemorrhoids. Just makes me feel <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hey, Trace, tell us about Laughaholics, the podcast that you're doing, because that's your latest oh, little you. thing, isn't it? It's my latest thing. Yeah, well, it, it's... um. Well, Laughaholics is also the name of a corporate thing I do called the Laughaholics Experience. And yeah. so the Laughaholics podcast came came out of that. Oops. Um, and I, I, look, you know, I just, I grappled with the idea of a podcast. I just thought, why, why I don't listen to podcasts. Why would yeah. I want to do that? I mean, we're radio people. But it just made sense to me to talk to comedians, other comedians, about the stuff that they watched when they were growing up and um, oh gee it's fun I mean my first episode was with Shane Jacobson and we hadn't seen each other forever and we just laughed our heads off but it's it's so great because it's this sort of inside look into what we were watching as kids what we used to race home from school to watch you know the number of times Gilligan Gilligan's Island's come up yes. I mean, it's just, and and you know Vince Sarenji said on one of the episodes he said when you think about what we when we were kids when we came home from school it was comedy everywhere, like Get Smart and I Dream of Jeannie mm. and all of these. It was all comedy. Mm. It was all really well-produced. I mean, everything had a laugh track, of course, but, I mean, even now if I watch stuff from, from Bewitched on Facebook, I mean, I could watch it all day yeah. because it's, it's it's so funny and the costumes are so great and, you know, the lighting's terrible but it's worth, It's just so great. And and now, I mean, everything's online and, you know, kids don't really watch television, do they? It's yeah. all- and it's all in- instant gratification, isn't it? I mean, back in, back in our day, we had to wait to make an appointment for our favourite TV show. We had to... We had to experience patience and be patient. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah. We used to race home to watch Happy Days. And oh. my, sister, my sister was so in love with Fonzie. <laughs> I love the fact that he's aged really badly. I mean, yeah. if, you've, if you've seen Henry Winkler in Arrested Development, he's so grotty and horrible. <laughs> but um, my sister was so in love with Fonzie. I, I bought for her, for her, it might have been her eighth birthday, some rug shop had these rugs with with Fonzie on them, on you know, sort of dying <laughs> into it. And I gave it to her for a birthday and she broke down. Oh. She cried with joy. This little kid, she was so in love with him. And she knew him now. I mean, you. <laughs> <laughs> but he was hot. He was very hot. Absolutely. Oh, I had. I actually quite liked Potsy. He was He was my. Oh, nobody <laughs> liked Potsy. No. Jeez. Oh, didn't they? Oh. Okay. No one like Potsy. Have you seen? Them? Have you seen them now? Uh, no, no. Haven't seen Pot. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to look at Potsy because I don't think I want to get uh, depressed. <laughs> Make, sure you do. Make sure you show Sarah what Potsy looks like now. Yeah. <laughs> like this? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Unfortunately. Hey Trace, just to to finish off, we usually ask our guests if um they have a kitchen or a cooking tip to share. Well. I bought one thing during lockdown and I bought an air fryer and stupidly didn't go and pick it up from Kmart. I waited three weeks for them to deliver it five (laughs) kilometres. Everything was taking forever. And, um, I mean, this is not a massive tip, but um, because I don't have a lot of carbs, I do like to make sweet potato fries. And so I cut them up pretty thinly and I bake them with a bit of avocado oil and Costco has avocado oil in a big bottle and it's really, really good, and a um, bit of salt and pepper, and then I put them into the air fryer and I'll cook them for 10 minutes 
at 160, shake them, and then do another 10 minutes. And then I serve them with um, homemade um, mayonnaise that I make, which if you're not making your own mayonnaise, seriously, two egg yolks, two teaspoons of Dijon mustard, two teaspoons of, you mix up those those two, and then you put two teaspoons, sorry, not teaspoons, tablespoons, two teaspoons of Dijon mustard, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, mix that all up, and then you just put in as much avocado oil as you can, and then you put in two teaspoons of fresh lemon juice and another teaspoon of apple cider vinegar. Mix it all up, and then you empty in um, one... um, um, capsule of um, probiotics and leave that on a bench with a tea towel on it for eight hours and then you can put it in jar and it'll last for three weeks and you put that you have that with your fries oh. and some Tabasco. Yum. Yum. Look at Kevin's got his hand on his heart. You absolutely. <laughs> yeah. oh. It's really, really nice. And seriously, you can make you can make the mayonnaise while you're cooking the fries. Like it takes, oh. it's, it only takes five or ten minutes and I don't know why anyone would buy mayonnaise when you can make your So you're own. just talking about hand whisking it? No, I've got an old sunbeam <clears throat> because yeah. I refuse. I'm one of these old-fashioned, will not buy a Thermomix unless they give no, them one, one and pay me to talk about it. I mean, who would spend, <clears throat> excuse me, that much money on an appliance? And people go, oh, yeah, but I can buy make cakes in it. I make cakes too, but I do it mm. in an oven. Mm. Mm. Um, there's nothing that I can, that I need a thermomix. Oh yeah, but I can grind coffee. Got a coffee grinder for that. Yeah, mm. but I can I can yeah. make risotto. Yes. Don't it. You know, it's just stupid that people have to have one of these things. And so now I've just got an old mix master that I bought. I don't know, maybe it's twenty years old, just with a couple yeah. of you know old things. And I just put the eggs in and the um and the and the and the Dijon mustard to warm yep. it up because there's room temperature. Okay, well I'll make it room temperature. I'll warm it up with the beaters, and then I put in the apple cider vinegar. And then once that's just emulsified, yep. then I just start putting the oil in. And I'm just doing something else. Come back, turn the oil in. I'm just in there. I mean, if you can't be in the kitchen looking at what you're doing, why are you doing it? Exactly. I'm going to give that a crack. Mm-hmm. I reckon it's a great idea. Yeah. Well, I grow I grow rhubarb. I love absolutely love rhubarb, and it's one of the few things that I can eat in terms of sweet things. I mean, it's, rhubarb's really sour, but I put a bit of stevia with it. Yeah. And um, I've learned. I did this cooking show years ago that most people put all this water with rhubarb, and it turns out horrible. So you just wash the rhubarb, chop it up, and then you put maybe. I don't know, I guess, but just a tablespoon or two of water. And I get some fresh, I get some, oh, that's another tip. Keep your ginger in the freezer and then take it out and just grate that straight onto your rhubarb and a tablespoon of stevia, put the lid on, and then do not leave the kitchen because if you leave the kitchen, you have to throw the pot out because I've I've thrown out three pots where I just go, I cannot be bothered cleaning them again. (laughs) (laughs) which is not very sustainable but i got to the point where i go life is too short to spend three hours trying to clean up a burnt pot (laughs) (laughs) stand there and do something else or do the dishes because it cooks in five minutes and then you keep it in the fridge so that's got to be one of the best tips we've had i reckon it's a beauty yep Well, the mayo and the uh, sweet potato fries and the air fryer, all of it. (laughs) Beautiful. Hey, Trace, thanks for catching up with us. We've really had a great time having a chat with you. Thanks. Good to see you well and happy. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks so much, Sarah. It's really great to talk to you. You both look terrific. I hope to see you again soon. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au 
All right, tracybartram.com.au. That's the website. You can find out what Trace is up to and where she's appearing and uh, and check out that uh, very good podcast she's done too called Laughaholics. That was a fascinating uh, chat. And, and like, like most of us, uh, especially those in the entertainment industry, uh, it's been hard yards the last two years. Yep. But wonderful to uh, to chat to Trace and see what she's up to, and still can manage a laugh and all that, and uh, you know, in the in the face of adversity on many different fronts. So good on you, Tracy. She's fabulous. TracyBartram.com.au. Now the now. Uh, food poll. Well, saladie. These are our salad days, said uh, Spandau Ballet. Uh, didn't they? Did they? I thought they sang Golden True. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I don't know where <laughs> did, No, actually, what they sang, that from? they sang to cut a long story short, so <laughs> let's. <laughs> okay, we're going with uh, coleslaw up against potato salad. Right. Jason Vance says both. Jan says both if they are fresh ingredients mm. and a homemade mayonnaise with spring or Spanish onion, really healthy and uh, would have a, a little bit of each. I love veg. Potatoes are very good nutrition. Mm. Actually, really, I can't yeah. decide. Mark Stevens says it's a tie. Sam Newman says potato salad because coleslaw tends to smell like damp socks. It does, depending how long you leave it in the fridge. Mm. Carol says, uh, I had both for dinner tonight. Annie Peacock says both. Old croaky. Potato salad by a country mile. It can be tailored to suit so many occasions, served warm or cold with anchovies. Oh, you got it in one. Additionally, it has that special property of improving with age as the flavours meld. One does and one doesn't, doesn't mm. it? Uh, um, Ash says uh, coleslaw all day. It's best used in a pulled pork burger. Oh, how good does that sound? Robert, potato salad with a barbecue meal, coleslaw with homemade hamburgers, uh, face-savouring food. Love them both. Smiling face. All right, Jane Barnes says uh, love them both. Often serve them together. One with mayo dressing, one without. Mm. Oh, there you go. Rebecca Kane says coleslaw, and she's been having it a bit lately. Terry Daniels said, don't mind uh, either of these. They both have a place, but I'll lean towards the coleslaw. Um, Julie Brislin, both. Uh, they both have a place, but it's got to be homemade. Nothing beats potato salad, boiled egg and bacon added. Yes, you've got to have the eggs in there, Kevin. Uh, Susan says potato salad, but not store-bought. Uh, a homemade one with eggs and crispy bacon pieces and a creamy dressing. And says I made both this week on the same day. Savannah says definitely potato salad. Caroline Rigby, either, both, no. Mayo, thank you. Maybe coleslaw with a Thai-style dressing. Tina says potato salad has to have eggs in it, though. Agree, Tina. Cherie Dodson, potato salad. Deborah Mannix says potato salad, homemade. Karen Young, coleslaw. Michelle says potato salad. Fran, a little bit of both, please. Lauren says coleslaw, purely because you can put it on a burger as well as eat it on yeah, its own. that is so true. It's um, versatile. Yes, it is. Joe, potato all the way, coleslaw, vomit, vomit. Pete Tanowski says definitely both. Joylene, potato for us. Grant Egan says potato salad, hands down. Rhonda, I want both. Detest. She wants both, but she detests coleslaw. Does I that don't mean? No, 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 no. I may not have cut and pasted that properly. I don't think you did. Um, Bart Shaw says coleslaw, <laughs> hands down. You don't put potato salad between two slices of bread packed with meat. Oh, you could try. Annie says it depends. Jackie Stevens says potato salad with freshly chopped mint leaves. Yes, I believe Artie, her and husband, likes the potato salad too. Wayne says. Wayne says. Coleslaw is another food on the Wayno list of culinary travesties. Oh. The main deal breaker is its main ingredient is 
raw cabbage. <laughs> raw cabbage. Cabbage is tasteless and stupid at the best of times. When raw, you can add crunchy and stringy to the previous description. Now, honestly, you could replace it with shredded cardboard and no one would even notice. Mm-hmm. And the major coleslaw-related problem is the aforementioned shredded glob of despair over the following hours actually ferments in your gut. Yeah, it does. I think you all know where this is going. <laughs> This produces enough gas to make you look like the blueberry girl in Willy Wonka. <laughs> Violet Beauregard. That's the one. Uh, you then are doomed to produce an explosion of gas that sounds like a tin roof being torn from a house <laughs> in a forced <laughs> tin gale. Just keep that in there. Just I have can, that I one can picture that. rattling around in your head there. This, of course, of course, this is immensely funny. <laughs> and probably the only benefit one gets from eating this ghastly concoction that is the slaw of vileness. <laughs> Potato salad wins simply because it contains bacon and doesn't make your butt do a credible impersonation of a Vulazela, one of those things. Yeah, the, the, the horns they yes, do at the that, footy. At, at the Soccer World Cup. So there's Wayne's thoughts on it, to which Muriel Cooper added, potato salad is delicious and doesn't make you fart. On you, Muriel. To which Wayne added... <laughs> I have skills you would not believe on that front. <laughs> so oh, uh, I think for, for if you're serving it in a in a more than one atmosphere, go the potato salad. If it's open slather, go the coleslaw. It was fairly close that yeah, one. It was actually. It was about a, It was pretty much a fifty fifty split because we had so many mm. others that we we didn't Sad. read. Yeah. Um, lots of them. And thanks for those comments. We really do appreciate them on the uh, on the Twitter and Instagram and on the on Facebook. That was a good as well. topic. That one wasn't it? Coleslaw and potato salad at uh, this time of the year. Either would uh, either would go down well. I must admit, I'm more of a coleslaw. Person. I quite like a nice pasta salad, but that's not part of the uh, pasta option, salad's yeah. lovely. Out of the three of those, I'd probably go pasta salad first as a salad dish. Mm. But when you're putting it on burgers and stuff, coleslaw is fantastic. Mm. I used to make a potato salad with those canned uh, edgel potatoes. You used to get out of the can. <laughs> you just cut them in. Don't wash your mouth out. Will you? <laughs> Cheeselinks.com.au. You can do this. You can home make things with the cheese. Make your own cheese. Cheeselinks.com.au. Or Don't do what put Tracy anything. Bartram says and make your own mayonnaise. I'm definitely doing that. Oh, yeah. That was a very handy oh, little recipe. Done with one. the apple cider vinegar and the Dijon mayonnaise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mustard. What did you say? Do, do Dijon, Dijon mayonnaise. <laughs> That's all right. We knew what you meant. 52821984 is the number for Cheeselinks. Cheeselinks.com.au is the website. Uh, make sure you jump on that and uh, and start making your own cheese. We'll question you about it on the next Food Bites. Bless the baby cheeses. Yes, absolutely. Till the next time, uh, (laughs) eat healthily and happily. And heartily. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au. 